I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Rachel and Gil from Good Ghosting with us today. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Just got back from uh, Paris. So like super hyped up and uh, good to be back in the office building again. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Great to be here. Well, maybe we'll hear about the amazing events in Paris as ETH Paris just happened. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about what the vibe was there. Good ghosting uh, effectively helps those users saving um, their digital assets in a fun and easy and rewarding way. We'll talk about pools and how this is kind of almost a gamified way of savings, uh, which I think is really important for a lot of people out there. Um, And full and fair disclosure, Good Ghosting is a portfolio company of our venture fund Endeavor. We're very happy to support both Rachel and Gil on that. Um, As everyone knows who listens to the show, what we like to do prior to get into what Good Ghosting is and all the benefits there, we like to hear from our founders and what they did prior to their new life here at their their new company. So Rachel and Gil, if you could just give us a little bit of background. Rachel, we'll start with you. What did you do before? Uh, How did you get inspired into the world of digital assets and what kind of drew you to start building Good Ghosting? Yeah, so good question. So my background has been technical. I was uh, working as a developer for a number of years, and then I kind of really got interested in the space of um, digital assets and crypto in, in 2017. So kind of coming in on that that wave there. Um, of course, you know, I literally was that meme. I bought some crypto, watched it go up, watched it go down. And then I was just like, it's OK, I'm in it for the tech. So I'm going to, you know, learn about uh, smart contracts, uh, get really interested in the kind of technology that that's powering this. Um, I then made the switch over into developer relations. So doing more sort of the community building, marketing aspects of, of the developer community. And I did that for um, a Moved over to Berlin, did that for a, company, a blockchain project over there called uh, Lisk, and then also uh, for Three Box, which is now a ceramic as well. Um, so yeah, that was super interesting. Met a lot of um, a lot of people in the space. I'm really passionate about communities, and and I think that's something that you engage with a lot um, in developer relations. So that's really been my background. Um, I also did some DevRel for more Web two uh, companies, so also Twilio. Um, but I kind of Good ghosting. I'll talk a little bit more about the origin story. And it came out of um, a hackathon. Of course, I was like attending a load of hackathons, helping run them. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really passionate about hackathons. I love to just go and geek out on something for a weekend and and build some cool stuff. Um, and yeah, that's kind of been my journey into, into founding, founding good ghosting or everything I was doing before that. Um, so maybe I'll pass over to Hill on that one. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Um, so my background is a little bit different. Uh, before going full-time into crypto, uh, I was in science and technology. So 
I studied biochemistry, biotechnology, uh, completed my PhD and ended up in a biotech startup. But my hobby was uh, crypto, uh, following anything related to digital assets. So I ran a personal investment fund for a bit for myself and friends and family using uh, Enzyme. It's an on-chain asset platform. And it took up more and more of my time and I got more and more fascinated by the power of smart contracts, like developments like uh, MakerDAO's DAI stablecoin, which was one of the first ones out there. And generally, the possibilities with this new technology. So in 2019, I decided to quit my comfy uh, biotech job and go into crypto full-time. Uh, started learning about the underlying programming languages, etc. And then in the summer of 2020, joined the kernel program of Gitcoin, where I met Rachel and the rest of the founding team. So really uh, glad to be here on this journey and building DeFi tools that are accessible to all people and without any discrimination, uh, etc. So I really believe in like the disruptive and inclusive power of this technology. I always love asking that question. I've asked that question for three years on the show. And just thinking about that question, there's always a sacrifice. You know, people are typically doing one thing. They are focused on one area. They have a good job in one specific vertical, whether it's finance or whether it's in obviously computer science, uh, engineering, development, et cetera. And they are brought into this because they see that there's just so much opportunity, so much potential uh, for this. And so there's usually a level of sacrifice, whether it's time, energy, financial. But I, I think it's important to note that every founder who's building right now, who has built over the last few years, has sacrificed um, their time, their energy with their family, um, financially, they see that sacrifice is meaningful because they're building something that has merit. And so let's talk about Kogosin because I think that fits into that. So as I said, again, uh, just to give you all a little bit of a primer on that, uh, Kogosin's mission, if you could say that, is to create social savings games that use blockchain technology to reward dedicated savers. Uh, for anyone that looks at the United States and coming from a macro and micro, uh, you can see that savings here has never typically been very good. Um, and so obviously, if you bring that out to the entire world, uh, you see hundreds of millions and probably a billion people out there who don't have access to financial markets, who are not uh, able to get into a bank uh, for you know a savings account. And so this is potentially creating really healthy and good habits, uh, financially speaking. And so... Uh, we'll start with Rachel. Um, you were just about, you were talking about the, the hackathon and kind of the impetus behind this. How would you, for those that are out there, again, a lot of institutional investors listen to the show, how would you best describe good ghosting and the mission and how you all started to create it? Yes, I think, you know, you kind of touched on uh, quite a lot of the, the mission and, and the vision behind it. And it is essentially just to kind of help people build up those better financial habits. When we're kind of ide ideating good ghosting at that time, and I think this still kind of broadly is true for, for the industry at the moment, there are like a lot of products that are great for people who have like 10,000, 100,000, a million uh, to kind of play with. And, you know, we can go down into all of the exciting opportunities you can do with that with like yield farming. But I think for 
sort of the more everyday user, it one, it's overwhelming. Two, um, there's not so much to play with. Like if you don't have those kind of, can be tricky if you don't have that initial uh, pot to put in. Uh, so we wanted to build something that would be meaningful, like accessible, and then also help um, users like build up those uh, good financial habits. Um, a stat that I saw recently, which I think is is really important to this, um, just shows like why we're doing what we do. And that is, I think, 41% of uh, Brits don't have enough savings to last them a month without income. So clearly that's going to put a lot of pressure on, on people's um, personal lives, their financial well-being. So we want to kind of address that and take it in a way that, you know, savings traditionally has been this very boring thing um, that you kind of, you sort of know about, but you don't don't always commit to, or even when you do commit to it, like, in traditional finance, the, uh, you know, the interest rates have been abominable and that's, it's been that way for a while. Um, so we wanted to build something that would give users more value and also do it in a more fun way and make it much more engaging. So this is where we started to kind of explore the idea of, of gamified savings. Um, so that's kind of the origin of good ghosting and, and what we want to build for there. So we did start with our first I can talk in a little bit more detail about the kind of V1 of, of good ghosting, which is what has been out there in the world for the last, last year or so. And these are like saving pools. They're saving pools that um, users can make, or users join it with the goal to make regular deposits into it. Um, as long as the user is making those deposits at the end, uh, they get a slice of the interest, a slice of the yield. Uh, if they miss a deposit, we did design it to be to be no loss. Like we we all know that life does happen and things get in the way, but we wanted to kind of balance the giving people the incentive with, you know, also still um, it not being too scary. Uh, so that's the first kind of layer of gamification. You'll, you'll get the interest if you, if you make those deposits. And typically we're seeing around 10 to 15% of people um, dropping out. So that does mean you're going to get, you know, an extra yield than if you, went directly to any of the underlying protocols that, that we build on. Um, and that was the first layer. We're also building out other elements of gamifications. Of course, like we couldn't, we had to do NFTs and that's been a huge hit with our community um, as well as building out our own kind of native uh, GG score, like a kind of points uh, system in there. I'm curious for those that are participating, I think this is important. Um, as I alluded to, there's about a billion people on the planet today that don't have access to financial markets, um, potentially don't have a credit score. And so the idea also behind DeFi, one of the underlying ideas that I think is a very large idea, is to provide hundreds of millions of people out there who don't have a credit score, don't have what we here have in the States, a FICO score, um, don't have credit history. Um, a way to start to build that. And so with this, Rachel and Gil, would you say that this could also potentially be used as a method there if you are consistently making those payments into those pools um, mm -hmm. and you're not missing any of them? Could eventually this be an element to show good creditworthiness? Yeah, exactly. Because like you say, like the more people spend time using good ghosting, the better um, feel you can get for the type of saver somebody is or like the ability to make repayments on loans, for example. So indeed, like 
this opens up a lot more financial access to people uh, who have been excluded from it previously. Because the only thing you need is an internet connection and some time and dedication um, to put into it. So we're now already exploring that a bit with our GG score, which indeed is um, a metric that indicates how good somebody is at hitting their deposits. So if they complete all committed deposits, uh, or if they complete all the deposits they committed to at the beginning of the month, for example, they will get an increase in that score. And we're now looking um, to collaborate with other projects to indeed make use of that score in a sort of unchained credits uh, rating system. So um, there is a lot of opportunity for us to collaborate with other projects to indeed provide a sort of uh, digitally native credit score that could allow our users to gain access to preferential lending or borrowing rates in other platforms. So they're yeah, really excited about that. That's a nice thing about DeFi. So in decentralized finance, most things are composable, meaning we can uh, use building blocks of others and others can also use the output we generate with good ghosting. So in this sense, it's really a, a win-win situation. So the APY that a uh, someone that was participating in one of these pools does have some variability. Um, and so let's talk about that. So I am, you are listening as a listener out there, you are participating in a good ghosting pool and Rachel Gill can talk. There's going to be two new ones coming out in the month of August. I am now participating in a pool and I am receiving, um, as we talked about, you know, a yield on that because I am putting, you know, some form of potentially a stable coin, maybe USDC or DAI into this pool. Um, where are the funds then going to um, and speak about some of the trepidations that people may actually have about some of the stability of DeFi. I think this is a really interesting time and place. Um, we've seen a lot of the mass media focus on some of the larger CeFi issues, um, but talk about you know where the capital then goes to in forms of the kind of the, the relationships you have with certain DeFi platforms. And then we'll talk about uh, obviously, you know, things like Polygon and Cello and why you are using them uh, more these days. Yeah, exactly. So that's a big question, right? Where are the rewards coming from? So with good ghosting, all deposits are rooted into DeFi services like Aave and Curve, which are automated uh, money markets. So this is earning interest from people using those platforms um, as well as generating some trading fees from uh, swaps that happen on those platforms. So typically this has a higher rate than most traditional bank accounts. And so that's like one part of the rewards are coming from that. Uh, we only make use of like heavily audited uh, platforms. We don't make use of the more exotic algorithmic stable coins like you had, for instance, with uh, Terra and UST, so uh, we weren't exposed to that market at all. Um, but so besides that, besides the pure DeFi uh, yield, we also have then the rewards from people who forget to make their timely deposits. So we redistribute those to the savings pool, thereby giving all winning players a boost. And finally, we have some extra rewards from external sponsors to sweeten the pot even further. So they're like three main uh, sources of yield. 
Um, but I agree, like uh, it has been very clear with the recent blow up of some of these CFI uh, lending providers that there uh, is not much transparency in that scene, as well as a lot of risk of like stable coins depegging uh, and other like systemic risks involved. So we try to stick to more the purely decentralized finance services that are out there that are fully transparent and on chain. So a user can immediately see like where are the funds going to, where are they sitting, like what are the reserves of that uh, external platform. Um, yeah, and it's funny because uh, a bit with the recent blow up of some of the more centralized players, the, uh, for instance, you had also Three Arrows Capital, um, a big fund that blew up due to improper risk management. But in the end, the only creditors that already have been paid back now are exactly those decentralized finance services because they enforce the loans on a smart contract level. So there is actually a lot more certainty to um, know you will get back your assets compared to the traditional system where you have to go through courts and arbitration. So um, I do believe that's a big advantage of keeping things transparent and on-chain. So you always know what you're getting into and where the funds are uh, being routed to. That's a great point. For those, again, that, again, I'm using my very large SAT word trepidation this morning. Uh, for those that may have hesitancy there, um, talk about withdrawals. So if I'm participating in one of these pools and let's just say I haven't really thought out my thesis very long on this and I get the willies, which here in the States means I get kind of uh, worried. Um, and let's just say mm -hmm. that I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I want to withdraw, you know, what is the process there? Can you do that? Is it 24 seven? I know it is, but you know, obviously just let me know about that. Yes, so you can withdraw your funds at any time. We are fully non-custodial uh, and our smart contracts operate 24-7. So if you wish to withdraw from an ongoing game, uh, you can do so at any time. Um, there is one caveat. So if you withdraw before the pool ends, there will be a small early withdrawal fee to compensate the remaining players in the pool. But that's typically um, in the order of like 1%, uh, depending how long the pool is going for. So... Um, but you can always withdraw at the end for free for the, the full amount. Um, but yeah, the good thing is we don't hold custody of the funds. So you can get out at any time. You might pay, pay a very small fee for it, but at least you can get your funds back. Uh, the good thing is we mainly use stable coins. So uh, you're less exposed to these more volatile assets, although we also uh, cater to people that like to get that exposure. So we do have some volatile pools and there you again can get out at any time if you feel uncomfortable holding that asset. Yep. And let's just talk a little bit about history. Um, again, uh, you at GoGosing have helped people save, I believe over $3 million without any incident. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I think it's like 3.16, uh, the latest today, but yeah, that's, uh, and we also, audited as well and no issue. Yet. Right. Right. So talk to us a little bit about, I know there's uh, those out there who say, okay, this sounds great. You know, okay, fine. You're helping people out there learn how to save. You're making it fun. You're gamifying it. That sounds great. But all of this you know, kind of blockchain stuff is not good for the environment. Now I've been around the block for a long enough time. And so have you, 
um, where we know that you know this argument always persists. Talk to us mm-hmm. about that. I know you both have made a decision mm-hmm. to use uh, two um, of the infrastructure pieces out there to kind of mitigate that. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I mean, both of the blockchains that we're on, which is uh, Polygon and Celo, are proof of stake, so they don't have the any con- energy and the CO2 consumption that you'd have with a, a proof of work uh, mechanism. And I believe both of them now are actually committed to being uh, carbon negative or carbon neutral. Um, so I think it's actually, if we look at the kind of environmental uh, criticism in this case really does does not hold stand because both um, both Celo and Polygon are, are very committed to being sustainable. And there's a lot of, um, just in Paris, one of the topics that came up was all around refine, regenerative finance, and a lot of these projects happening on, on both of those chains as well. So definitely dive into that um but they're both very low co2 emitting if if negative yeah exactly both um are offsetting their common footprints um i think there was even some uh, somebody did crunch the numbers and a google search uses more uh energy and has a bigger impact on the environment than sending a transaction on cello for example uh, due to the carbon offsetting so you can't even Google it without causing uh, more damage yeah, to the CO2 than, than doing the transaction. So before we go, let's just talk a little bit. You know, I know there are two polls that are coming up uh, in the month of August. First and foremost, how many polls have you run? We talked about the total dollar amount that you've helped people save. But how many polls have you run? And talk to us about these uh, two August polls that are coming up. Yes, I think we've done over 40 now. Um, so there's been a lot of pulls happening on both uh, Celo and, and Polygon. Uh, but we're actually, this month has been, it's a big month for us. Um, we launched with uh, version one of our smart contracts. The first pull we launched was 10th of June uh, last year. Uh, but since then, we've been doing a lot of improvements and, and re-architecting to, to our smart contracts, getting that re-audited, basically to take what we had with V1, which was these kind of, social saving pools and make it way more modular, way more flexible, allow more yield strategies and also bring in a different um, way to react, a different way to interact with uh, good ghosting that's more around like hodling or sort of staking rather than saving. So we're taking the same mechanisms of applying like good financial habits and and goal-based hodling, but just with one deposit and, you know, hold on to it for a a year or six months, however long the pool will go for. so we have a lot coming, a lot, a lot of different uh, pool types coming out. Uh, also, pools that are going to allow you to decide how much you deposit in with with version one, because uh, just the constraints to get version one out, it was kind of mandated how much you'd have to put into each pool. Um, of course, every user has a different um, price point and amount that they want to save. So we're going to be catering for that in in V two. You can choose uh, how much you put in, whether that's you know ten dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. We'll still do fixed uh, deposit pools as well, but we will have the option to be flexible. Um, and we've also got um, different yield strategies uh, launching as well. So I'll pass over to Hill actually to talk about that because on the 3rd of August, mm-hmm. we're going to be launching our first of those new strategies. Yeah, exactly. So the um, surgery coming up now in the beginning of August will be based on Curve Finance which is a protocol used for mainly used for swapping stable coins and generating fees from it 
while giving traders very low slippage. So our users don't really need to know what's happening in the backend, but we are plugging into the strategy now to offer better rewards for our users. And we'll have two different strategies available. One, a very low risk one with only exposure to uh, three stable coins. And another more risky strategy where users have uh, exposure to a basket of volatile assets, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, as well as stable coins. So again, it's um, making use of Curve and Aave in the back end to generate the rewards. And at the same time, getting this exposure to either a volatile market or a more stable market um, to provide some, some better returns for our users. So people will be able to choose which um, strategy and risk level they are comfortable with. And we're excited to be launching out a bunch more of those in the following months. So we'll be able to plug in a lot more different yield strategies to accommodate uh, for different risk profiles of our users. Um, but yeah, excited to, to be uh, launching that one. Then later in August, we'll also have what we call huddle pools. Um, I'll let Rachel explain that. It's also sort of a savings challenge. Yeah, so I think I already touched on that a bit, but basically uh, it's maybe more of a passive way to use good ghosting. Uh, instead of putting in those weekly, monthly deposits, uh, it's basically you'll just put in an initial amount and then hold it for the duration of the pool. So we're calling it HODL, so like hold on for dear life. Uh, if you are already a crypto nerd, you may be calling it like staking, uh, but the same logic in the sense that if you just leave it there and you don't touch it, to the end of the pool, you're going to get the yield, you'll get the GG points, you'll get the NFT. Um, and we're launching the first one of those um, on the 17th of August. Uh, I can't say which token that's going to be because uh, we have some news coming on that. But uh, if you're already in our Discord, stay tuned there. But we're really excited to explore these different ways of um, you know, just helping our users kind of grow their portfolio and, and grow their financial wealth. We like that. Dropping some, some suspense there, Rachel. That's good. Um where can people find out more as we wrap up? Where can people find out more about good ghosting? Where would you point them to getting started with this whole journey? So you can uh, get everything on goodghosting.com. Uh, but the most active place is to just dive into our Discord. Like I'm there, the rest of the team are there, and uh, any updates will come there. Um, but yeah, our, all of our documentations are linked on our, our website, as well as everything is, you know, all of our smart contracts are open source. So you can go and check that out on, on GitHub as well as well as the audits that we've done. Um, so yeah. Brilliant. yeah. Exactly. One thing I would like to add, you can also sign up for our mailing list so you will get the latest info when we launch the new pools. It's also on goodghosting.com, scrolling all the way down and you can sign up for it. So yeah, Brilliant. don't get ghosted. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure catching up with both of you. As I said, again, we were honored to be able to support you in this growth. We love this, uh, this theme and this trend of using the infrastructure of DeFi to create really good financial habits amongst those out there and also broaden the base. Again, as I said, hundreds of millions, if not a billion plus people out there don't have access to financial markets that many of us are used to. And so this is just the start of that. So thank you all for coming on. Uh, we'll post links so everyone can check out the pools and more about good ghosting and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, David. Yeah, great being here. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. 
Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.